Bless the Lord. Well, good morning, church. God is in the house. Isn't that a good thing? Bless the Lord. There's a couple other people in the house this morning. I, two of our four daughters are in the house. Allie Kuntz is in the house. My daughter Madison's here somewhere, and I'm embarrassed to say I'm not sure where she's sitting. Rave your pretty little redhead. Rave your hand, would you? I, oh, she's way back there. That's, you know, those are the people that are in rebellion. That's where they sit, honey. No, no! I'm just teasing. That's where I used to sit back in the day. So, um, and we have two other daughters that aren't here today. And I can't go much further without mentioning um, my spiritual dad is here. Pastor Bill Stevens. Age, he's looking around like, who's he talking about? I'm talking about you. Uh, Pastor Bill is really, um, with, without you, I wouldn't be where I'm at. And I love you deeply. Turned 90 years old last month. 90. Would you stand, Pastor Bill? Let's make sure we get a shot on the camera. Pastor Bill Stevens. Pastor Bill, as many of you know, used to pastor Vienna First Assembly of God back in the day. And that's now our Vienna campus where Pastor Joe and Donna are pastoring, and uh, some of you in the house, uh, I look around and see some familiar faces that were there back in those days, and um, it's just sort of cool how life sometimes is, is full circle. Isn't that sort of cool the way that works? But uh, we are so appreciative of so many people that have poured into our lives, and there's times where we need to take an inventory of that, and don't hesitate sending a note to someone that's really meant something to you. You know, it was, I'm just going to be really transparent and say this, Pastor Bill had a, a birthday um, in September, and the family and fr close friends put together a, a big 90th birthday party. And part of the assignment for everyone present was that we were to speak life into him and share how much he meant to us. And the point was made numerous times, better now than at his funeral. Yeah? We've all been there where we've seen a funeral that it's just so honoring and so wonderful, and then you realize that person laying in the casket probably never heard a lot of those words. So we hope Pastor Bill's around for another 25 years, and that's our prayer. He's got more than nine lives. He's got nine times 90 lives with all the surgeries and such. But it was just a special, special uh, day. And I love you, my, my friend and, and my brother and my, and my dad. I love you. So I wanted to share that. Was well, as, as most of you are aware, life is much like a book with chapters, yeah? And uh, if you ever read a book, you, you end up closing a chapter, and you, you turn the page, and guess what? There's another chapter. And uh, Patty and I are, 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 are turning the page in this season of life and starting a new chapter, and we're very much excited. There's, there's several amazing opportunities before us, and we're just asking the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want for us? And that's a great place to be. A lot of you have asked, and that's, that's really where we're at. There's a several, several options we're looking at, and um, I'm just excited to know there's several options. I mean, that's better than having no options, right? And uh, so I'm, I'm grateful for that, and our season comes to a closure. Here's some things I've learned. Then we're going to get into the Word here, I promise. A couple things I've learned. I love people no matter what church I serve. I've served numerous churches. I have the, have the privilege of, of pastoring in New York City and in, in, in um, Pennsylvania and Ohio. And I've been privileged to serve some really, really amazing houses. And what I've learned about myself is in each of those seasons, I fell in love with that house. I just did. And guess what? In each of those seasons, when I left that house, 
there was these feelings of awe, kind of sadness. There was these feelings of awe, I'm going to miss everybody. And every now and then someone would say the same back to me. Here's my point. I love you. And this, it's not a goodbye. It's not a goodbye because we're still part of the Victory family. And so you'll see us on occasion. And so that's a really good thing. But, but if there's any tears shed at any point today, it's just tears of love and, and, and respect and honor. This is not my first rodeo. I've been through this before. I've been through transitions in life. So have you. Personally, professionally, that's what life is. It's how you navigate change and how you navigate transition and how you turn the page. You know, you can't ever finish the book if you keep looking at the chapter you just finished, right? You've got to keep trucking. And uh, so that's, that's important. And another thing, too, I deeply love and honor and respect our bishop and Pastor Kathy. You have been my pastor for over 16 years. And I have, in various capacities, been able to serve this house and the house over at, uh, at uh, the Warren campus, as well as most of you are aware. But in that capacity, I've had the privilege of sitting with, with Bishop and Pastor Kathy, but particularly Bishop, with literally hundreds of meetings. I could probably show you on my calendar how many meetings I've been in with Bishop in every type of scenario. Some of them are amazingly, wonderfully amazing cool and positive, and, and some of them were, were not so, so positive. They're just sometimes you've got to plow through the trenches with people. But I've been able to sit in the room with Bishop across the table, across the, the room and, and chairs, and what I've seen in this man has been a role model for me of consistency and integrity. And I want you all to hear that. I want you to hear that. So I, Bishop, I love you deeply. And I honor you. And we are connected for life. We are connected for life. And uh, uh, that's, that's enough said about that. But I, I just wanted to thank uh, Bishop and Pastor Kathy, the elders, the campus pastors, uh, the staff that I've had a, a joy and privilege of serving with these last couple of years here at Coitsville. I've grown to love each of you deeply. I could go around and name names, but I won't. And um, also those that, why not, Pastor? <laughs> Apparently, Pastor Jerry didn't get enough love recently. <laughs> And uh, this is Pastor Jerry Beulah, and he needs some love. So make sure you give Pastor Jerry some love before he leaves the house. Pastor Jerry, I love you. All right. Wow, you find out who the needy ones are, don't you? <laughs> and I want to thank you as well, church, just um, for pouring into me these last years. And uh, listen, don't clap or go, go awe, but I just, I got to get some of this out of the way now. I just got to get out of the way and let you make sure, make sure you, you understand my heart. But um, I've connected with, uh, we've connected with so many of you and been in many of your homes and funerals and weddings and all that other kind of stuff that goes with it. And it's just been a joy and a privilege. And I just wanted to kind of, kind of get that out of the way. So this morning, I want to talk for a few moments about what your purpose is. What's your purpose? What is your your, your purpose in being? What is your, 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 your task in that? What is your role in that when we talk about purpose? Discovering your purpose. What is your purpose? And I, you know, all of us have give, uh, given and, and received gifts with a purpose. Sometimes you get a gift, you think, what am I going to use this for? And I, I just thought of a couple of gifts I've been given over the last uh, season of my life. And here's a tie that I was given. How many of you ever given or give, give, give ties, right? So here's a Snoopy tie, and it's, it's, it's actually useful. I've used this before. It's a wonderful gift. It, that's the purpose of this gift is to make me look smarter and brighter because I'm wearing Snoopy, okay? So the purpose of this tie is pretty clear, to make me look smarter and brighter as I wear Snoopy. So that's a, a purpose that's really cool. This past Father's Day, my daughter's got me an amazing mug because you know what goes in mugs, right? Coffee. Oh, can you say 
Hallelujah, Jesus, for inventing the coffee bean. All right, I, you know, Jesus invented the bean. Some other poor sap put hot water on it and said, hey, there's coffee. And I think his last name was Duncan. Can you say hallelujah? All right, so, but this is the mug that they gave me. And, and, and who wants to be, hey, you're bold. Stand up, bro. Okay, I want you to speak into this microphone right here and, and read what that says. I don't need Google. My father knows everything. You know that old, that old show, Fathers Knows Best? No, 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 no. This is Daughters Know Best. And so uh, that was a, a wonderful gift as well. And then my birthday was this month, earlier this month, and, and I got for the very first time, guess what this is? Not an iPhone. They didn't get me an iPhone. I'm the one who buys them iPhones. That's how that... This is a what? A selfie stick. Isn't that awesome? I was... Uh, in, my wife took me to, uh, to Niagara Falls... Uh, earlier in the month to just have a little time of getaway just for the day. And in Niagara Falls, there was about 486,000 people there from Asia. And they were all on our boat. And every one of them had one of these. I could show you bruises on my body from getting hit with these selfie sticks, but... Here's the deal. I, um, I just have to take advantage of this, and I need to get a, a quick selfie with y'all. Can I do that? All right, so, so uh, here we go. Everyone just smile at me. All right, see if I can do this. Everyone smile. We're going to get this crowd over here. Everyone smile. Yay! Okay. And then over here, everyone smile. Yeah, okay. I didn't say make... That's PK. PK, listen. Too much coffee, dude. Too much coffee. All right. All right, everybody smile. All right, one more over here. Everyone smile. Awesome. Now I feel connected to all things from Asia. There we go. So there's purposes to those things. What is your purpose? Why are you here? Why are you here? Not on just this earth. Well, that's really deep and philosophical, and I don't go that deep typically, but why are you here on this earth, comma, why are you at victory? What are you doing here? You coasting? You judging? Is this the only spiritual food you get all week? Uh oh. Uh oh. Tell the truth now. <laughs> One word to Cindy. Ready? Decaf. <laughs> Put that on your shopping list, Cindy. Why are you at Victory Christian Center? If you're trying to live your Christian walk on the 30 or 45 minute long sermon that you hear on Sunday morning, you're not very strong. If you only ate once a week, you wouldn't be very strong. If you were called to battle, you wouldn't have any strength or endurance to do it. So church, why are you here? Why are you here? What is your purpose? What is your role? I'm challenging you. I want you to get a grip on the fact that you're not here because it's a cruise ship. Love that illustration. Although I've been on a cruise and they're pretty cool, but you can't live there. That's weird. You can't live on a cruise ship forever. That's, that's just not life. God has a role for you here at this church. And if you don't know what it is moving forward to this next season... You need to figure out what that is. We've got people on staff to help you figure out your spiritual giftings. We've got people to talk to you and sort of bounce ideas. I mean, the bottom line is it starts with you and Holy Spirit. 
By you getting in your prayer closet and saying, okay, I have these giftings, I have these passions. Lord, how do you want to use me in this next season at Victory Christian Center? What is your purpose? What is your reason for being here on this earth? And what is your reason for connecting to this house? Please figure that out. We talk about the purpose of these gifts, and I'm asking you about your purpose. There were three sons about... Um, talking about their, their elderly mother, and they left home when they were younger, and, and they, they made their fortunes, and they all three of these sons did very, very well. And one, one day, the three very competitive brothers, how many of you had brothers you were competitive with, yeah? They got back together to discuss the gifts that they were going to be giving to the elderly mother. And the first one said, well, I built a really big house for mom. That's what I did. The other rich brother said, well, I got her a Rolls Royce and a driver, the third brother said, well, I've got you both beat. You know how mom enjoys reading the Bible, and you know she can't see very well now that she's getting older. So I sent her a parrot that can recite the entire Bible. It took 20 monks in a monastery 12 years to teach this little parrot. I had to pledge and contribute $100,000 a year for 10 years. This is how valuable this parrot was to train them and but it was worth it so mom just has to name the chapter and verse and the parrot will recite it I think the parrot's name was Siri I'm just guessing <laughs> soon afterward after this this great conversation these brothers had soon afterward their mother sent out a thank-you note to each of the sons and to the first son she wrote this Robert the house that you built me is so huge I I only live in one room, and I have to clean the whole house. It's sort of a, a nuisance. And the second son, she wrote, William, I'm, I'm too old to travel. I stay home all the time, so I, I never use the Rolls Royce. And the driver, well, he's just so rude sometimes. The third son, his, her, her message to him was a little softer. She said, Dear Stephen, you were the only son to have the good sense to know what your mother likes. The chicken was delicious. I can tell by your faces, some of you still don't get it. <laughs> when you go to Chick-fil-A later on, look for the parrot. <laughs> Not today, it's closed. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 says this. Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. There's a time for every purpose. Patty and I, our purpose at Victory Christian Center is coming to a close, and it's all good. There's a time, there's a season for everything. A few days ago, a week ago, we were running around with shorts and a t-shirt around here, weren't we? And what did you put on today? Boots and gloves and coats and all that other stuff. So seasons come and go. Seasons come to a close. Seasons always change. So there's a time in every season of our life that we need to recognize when it, come, it comes to a close at times. And we have fulfilled our season here. Look at James chapter 4, verses 13 and 14 says this. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Verse 14, here's the key. It says, why? You, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. See, here's the guarantee that we have. Zero. Not a one of us have a guarantee of tomorrow. I, I think of just a few miles from here in a few hours. There will be a very large funeral 
for a 31-year-old police officer from Girard. 31. When he woke up that day to go to work, I don't know if he's a man of faith, I have no idea, but I'm sure somewhere in his being, he thought to himself, I, I want to be safe today. I'm sure in his being, and if he was a man of faith, he probably said to the Lord, God, help me be safe today. Most of us know the news. He was shot and killed in the line of duty. See, I bring that up to remind all of us that none of us have a guarantee of tomorrow. Amen. Not a one. So you can't coast and say, listen, I'll, I'll figure out later on my purpose. Folks, listen, there's stuff to get done in the kingdom of God. It's a pretty big kingdom. This is a house that believes in big kingdom, and this house needs you. This house needs what you bring to the table, because what you bring to the table, nobody else brings to the table. Don't rely on the guy sitting next to you, or the guy up on the platform, or, or the usher that's so much nicer than you, or the greeter that, no, 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 we need you in the nursery. We need you in the kids' department. We, we need you on the serve team. Some of you are amazing counselors, and you can be a part of the lay counseling team to encourage people. You don't need a degree to do that. You need a heart to serve. Yes, amen. What is your purpose? Find out what your purpose is and make today count. Make today count. Ephesians chapter 5 says this. Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be what? Filled with the Spirit. If some of you are, are, are living in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the muck and mire of confusion in your life, some of you have so much confusion in your life, you, you can't even find your pair of shoes in the morning. Some of you don't know where your checkbook's at because there's so much confusion. Can I encourage some of you that are struggling in that way? Allow yourself to be filled with the Spirit. Well, what does that mean? That means that you get replenished every morning. I just put gas in my car last night. You know why I had to put gas in my car? Because I used it up. See, when you're filled with the Spirit, you use it up, and then you have to go get more. When you go get more, you seal your heart. You put yourself in a position of saying, God... I'm open. When I, when I opened up that gas thing last night at Giant Eagle, I opened it up, and I filled it. Part of discovering what your destiny is, part of discovering what your purpose is, is to allow yourself to be in the posture. Say posture. posture. To be in the posture, to be open to that infilling. And when that infilling comes, with that comes clarity. With that comes direction. With that comes anointing. With that comes open doors. Do you understand what I'm saying? Being filled with the Spirit means a lot of things. In this context, it means helping you to discover what your destiny is, what your purpose is. Amen. I want you to get this, church. This church needs you. The kingdom needs you. Oh, Pastor Dan, you don't understand. I, I've messed up so many times. And Pastor Dan, I got so many bruises. And oh, Pastor Dan, you know what? You just don't get it. You just you live a sinless life, and, and the dove of Holy Spirit is just always in your head. And 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 all that. Are you kidding me? Some people on the front lines get the sharpest arrows. 
One of the lies of the enemy in each of your lives and mine is that somebody else has got it easier. Can I, can I be honest with you, church? You're not that unique. You're unique in God's eyes. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, a man is a man no matter what country they live in. A woman is a woman. I've done youth ministry for years. I've gone overseas, and guess what I've learned? A 15-year-old in Russia at the end of the day is just like a 15-year-old in America. They may have a different facial structure. They may talk a different language. There's nothing new under the sun. Don't believe that enemy that says that to you and lies. and says, oh, your situation's different. No, it's not. There's nothing new under the sun. So stop using that as an excuse and find out what your purpose is. A couple of quick things here. I'm going to go fast, so hang on and get your pen. A couple of things that you must have before we can achieve our purpose. Number one is spiritual consistency. It's the absolute foundational thing that we need to do to have any consistency and significance. Have you ever had an engine that was missing? What's that? Mechanics, what's that called when it's, it's missing, the engine's missing? Misfire, thank you. You don't get very far when that's happening. That was a female voice, by the way. That's pretty impressive. I know that was a sexist remark. It just is, right? You have, you, someone says, hey, what did the doctor say? And, and you say, what did he say, right? Or you, you get you, the nurse, and what did she have to say? Those sexist things, I just, and I just assume that every mechanic's a male. She, bad pastor, bad pastor. Your father's the mechanic. Awesome. My father's the, the fixes everything. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. If you have a, a, an engine, church, that, that's always misfiring, you're, you're not going to be able to pull a whole lot of weight. You're not going to be able to go very fast. It's not consistent. You're not going to get very far. When you're not consistent spiritually, you're not going to get very far. Those of you that call Christian, Victory Christian Center your home church, and you're here every nine or ten weeks, and it's not because you go to work. Listen, if you're working every other week, God bless you. But those of you that roll over and go, eh, yeah, it's a, it's a live stream day. And you keep your jammies on, you got your bed head, and you watch online. But Pastor Dan, I still get the word in me. It's not the same, kids. It's not the same. You need consistency. Feed your soul every morning. James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 says this. But when he asks... He must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind, that man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all that he does. If you want to discover what your purpose is, you have to make sure that you're consistent in your spiritual quest. Don't be this up-and-down Christian. Oh, I had a sinful thought. I must not be close to Jesus, so I'm just going to give up for two months. God wants consistency in our lives, not perfection. He wants heart, not perfection. So read the word, commune with him. Psalm 5, 3 says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. Go to, get a clear signal from him in the morning, and that will make a huge difference in the rest of your day. When you hear clear in the morning, the rest of the day changes dramatically, consistently. It is true, it is true, it is true. Be a mentor to others and be mentored by others. We all need a mentor. Every Paul needs a Timothy, and every Timothy needs a Paul. 
There's someone in your world right now that needs what you've got. And frankly, everyone in this room needs to be accountable to somebody. Everyone smile at me. You control freaks don't like to hear that. I don't need anyone. I've got my Jesus. Every one of us needs somebody that pours into us. I need somebody. You need somebody. Find a mentor and find a mentee. Every Paul needs a Timothy. Every Timothy needs a Paul. 2 Timothy chapter 1 says this. For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. See, not only do we need spiritual consistency, but we also need passion and zeal for the things of God. If you want to light up your fire, get involved with what God is doing and watch what he's doing around the world, and that will light your fire. Listen to testimonies of how God is moving around the world. Listen to testimony of what, what God's doing in this house. He's still healing. He's still breaking through. He's still providing finances. He's still giving guidance. He is doing all of those things kingdom-wide, and he's doing them in this house as well. Get a passion and a zeal for the things of God. It's vital that you do that. Vital that you do that. Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. It's not on the screen. Listen, it says, Teach us to number our days all right, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. A heart of wisdom. See, when people come to you for guidance, what they're looking for is not necessarily opinion. What they're looking for is someone who's filled with the Spirit, who looks upon that as being part of their purpose, is to get a refilling on a regular basis, to open up that gas and refill because you've already depleted it. How and why? Because you're giving out. You're giving out. You're giving out. You know, they say when you start your mower in the spring, you should... Refresh your gas. Dump it out. How many of you actually do that? I think I did that like one time. Oh, seriously, you do that? I, I would give you a high five if I was closer. Was your dad a mechanic too? No? You're just obedient to, that, to the uh, owner's manual. They say what? Dump out the old gas that's been sitting there all winter and put in some fresh gas. See, at the end of the day, guys, you have to use up what you got so God can give you fresh. God wants to use you, and the purpose that he's called all of us is to be a vessel for him. To be an instrument of his glory. A couple of things I want you to remember. Look at the screen. A couple of things I want you to remember on my last sermon here at Victor Christian Center. Okay? Most of you won't remember anything I did. Most of you won't remember much of what I said. Honestly, when you have dinner today, test yourself. Ask yourself even one point of the sermon. That's just reality. So you won't remember anything I said. But hopefully you'll remember how I made you feel because I know how you've made me feel. That's loved, valued, and appreciated. A couple of things I want you to remember. Is number one, it's all about Jesus. Amen. Period. Everything we do has to go back to him. Period. It's not about the Thomases. It's not about the Hawks. It's not about Victory Christian Center. It's about Jesus. You have to get that. We, we allow the noise and the distortion of everything else that comes in and all the different voices. You know, you hear me talk about that. Some of you have way too many voices speaking into your life. Way too many. You need to turn some of those down and turn some of them off. Whole another sermon, look it up. It's there. Too many voices. And when you've got too much confusion and static coming in, it, it gets you off course and you forget 
all of this is about him. It's about a lost and dying world that needs the love of our Savior. It's about Jesus, number one. Number two, my priorities has been for decades now in ministry. Decades, it's really simple. First of all, I want to create an atmosphere, say atmosphere, atmosphere. where God's presence is welcome. Because no matter when you try to do church or you try to minister for him, even one-on-one, if he's not present, you're, you're going to be spinning your wheels. So create an atmosphere where he's present. It doesn't just mean globally and corporately in this room. It means in your home. Do you create an atmosphere where his presence is welcome in your home? That's your choice. So create an atmosphere where his presence is welcome. That's a mantra I lived by for decades. Number two is love the people that God sends to you. Love the people that God sends to you. Patty and I are candidating for a church right now. When we met with the leadership, they said, Pastor, tell us a little bit about about you. Now, they already knew a lot about who I was. They saw my 87-page resume. So impressive. 200-point font. That's how you get that. No, they, they already knew a few things, but they wanted to hear my heart. I didn't need to look at my notes. I didn't need to look at my resume. You know what I did? I said, it's simple. It's simple. You create an atmosphere where his presence is welcome. And part two, are you writing this down? Dude, this is good. Are you writing it down? Okay. Why are you on Facebook right now? No, I'm teasing. He's not. He's not. He would never do that. And none of you ever would either. (laughs) Create the atmosphere, number one. And number two, simply love the people that he sends to you. It is that simple. It's not that complicated. I don't need to spend $5,000 to go to a a big conference in California to learn that. It's that simple. Church, it works. It works. So number one is Jesus. Number two is priorities. And number three is relationships. Life is truly about relationships. You've heard every preacher who's been preaching for more than a year say the same thing. Where they're at the bedside of someone who's about ready to transition into glory. They don't talk about they should have worked more hours. They don't talk about should have bought a bigger car. They don't talk about any of the, the places they should have visited. What do they say? I wish I would have had more time with my kids. I wish I would have been better to my wife. I wish I would have kept in contact with my parents. All the, it's about relationships, church. This has to be a community of faith, and community means they're connected. Community means connection happens, and it occurs. So discover your purpose. I know on these walls we have loving God completely and loving others unconditionally and loving life enthusiastically. It's important that we learn how to do church together. Doing church together. I want to uh, close with an illustration that was powerful when I, when I came across it. And it really helps to encapsulate what I wanted to say this morning about doing church together and about making sure that we discover what our purpose is. And the cool thing is when you discover your purpose and the person next to you discovers their purpose and the person next to them, and it, it just forms a body that God knows what he's doing with. So Victory Christian Center needs you. This next season, this next chapter needs you and needs what you could bring to the table. So there's a woman who taught vacation Bible school and had an experience that she'll never forget. Her, her class was interrupted on a Tuesday of that week and when a new student walked in and the little boy had one arm missing. 
And since the class was well underway, she had an opportunity, no opportunity to inquire about the cause of the problem or, or, or how he's adjusting to what obviously is something in his life. And she was very nervous, afraid of what the other children would comment on his handicap and maybe would embarrass him. She was nervous about that. There was no way to caution them, so she just proceeded as carefully as possible. And as the class time drew to a close, she began to relax. The mood in the room was different. She began to relax, and she asked the class to join her in their little closing ritual that they did every day. And they said, hey, class, let's, let's make our churches, she said. And, you know, we've all done that as church, right, as, as kids. And so they each folded their hands and began to, to recite. Here's the church, and here's the steeple. Open the doors, and there's the people, right? The very thing that she had feared the children would do, she had done. So she terribly had excluded this challenging little one with only one arm, and as she stood there speechless, the little girl sitting next to the boy reached over with her left hand. And placed it in his. Victory Christian Center. You possess the extra hand that somebody else needs in this body. You do. Are you going to be obedient to the Spirit of God? Are you going to fulfill your purpose? Forget all the noise and the garbage. Somebody at this house or the ministries that are connected to this house needs you to complete and to be their church. I love you. I honor you. I look forward to continuing to see you on occasion. This is not goodbye. This is not goodbye. This is just, hey, new transition, new chapter, we're turning the page, but we're part of the same book. That's what's really cool. But church, I love you deeply. And I'm going to pass this to uh, the bishop. Before we're seated, I, I just hugged Pastor Daniel and I told him, I said, I'm so proud of you. I said, that could not have been better. He told me last night on the phone, he said, Bishop, I'll make you proud. Amen. You did. Amen. You did. <laughs> wow. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. These... Remain standing for a moment. These chairs are coming out because at the moment we're going to invite the Hawks. We're going to invite our elders and pastoral staff and their spouses. And, but I wanted to remain standing because I want to invite Pastor Bill Stevens to come. And Pastor Jim, perhaps you could. Pastor Bill is a man that is, is your spiritual dad, but you know how much he means to me as well. We are, we've been friends for years, and we have honored him at the Vienna campus many, many times. Properly, by the way, properly, because he's not always deserved uh, the honor 
that he or he's not always received the honor he deserves. And we're about honor. And so I want the elders and their spouses to begin to come to the platform. I want to invite the pastors and your spouse to come. And of course, Pastor Daniel and Patty, if you would come and be in these chairs. And Pastor Jim, if we could bring Pastor Bill, I want him right here in the center. I love and honor you. You know that. You're my friend. Oh, you're I always wondered what it would sound like if you kissed that microphone. <laughs> I always thought it would be my wife, though, kissing it. But I'm honored it was him. <laughs> you may be seated for just a second. And Pastor Daniel and Patty, if you would be seated. Elders and staff and spouses, would you come on up? And honey, if you would come and join me, and I'm not going to block your view, and thankfully we have these cameras. I want to say some words to both of you before we pray. Patty, first of all, to you, I was thinking about your life of how, how much transition you've had in the last few years. I mean, you go from getting married. And when you all got married, were you still at Warren or were you the executive pastor here? Okay, so you get married to the guy that used to be the pastor in Warren campus, to the guy that's executive pastor who becomes the COO, who becomes the campus pastor. You're still trying to figure out how to be married to this man. I know you <laughs> love him and you honor him. I've told you before that when I see you look at him, it warms my heart. Because my wife and I walked a journey with your husband. It was painful. You weren't in the picture at that time. I mean, you were alive and breathing on the planet, but you were not a part of the picture. And I feel so honored that on a plane ride back from Atlanta, Georgia, that I was one of the very first people to hear that there was somebody that it seemed like God might be bringing into his life. And at that point, it had not gone beyond uh, an extra-friendly text. Thank you, Patty. Thank you for your heart of grace. Thank you for the woman of God that you are. You're a mature woman. You're a wise woman. And I feel for you in the sense that that's a lot of transition in a few years. But God knew that it would be, take a very special woman to be able to be by his side and support him. You're that woman. We don't understand everything about redemption and grace. We don't. We only understand a bit. Sometimes when what we planned in life doesn't work out, we wonder, God, is there something beyond this pain, this loneliness, and this void? God brought you. God brought you. And I imagine, Patty, that although we've not had the long conversations, you would feel exactly the same. Is there anything beyond heartbreak and unfortunate things, and that void and that emptiness that as wonderful as family is and your girls and your girls, amazing. But this, this is something both of you needed. And I just honor you today, Patty. This house honors you. We love you. I'm going to go from this side. <laughs> we love you so much. 
And I'm just going to stoop down here and just look you in the eyes a moment. I love you. When the Warren campus started, and I'd never heard you preach, but somehow I knew you were the right man. And we've talked about this, that here I'm presenting, I'm presenting someone to the then leaders at Warren that I've never heard preach. And they asked me, is a good preacher? I said, I think so. <laughs> I've never heard him preach. And uh, you did a wonderful job in, in leading that campus from its origin to the five years that you were there. And then one of the things I admire most about you is your obedience. I've told you this. To that time in the hot tub with me where God had spoken to your heart for you to leave that campus and to become my executive pastor. I was shocked. But you felt like you had heard from the Lord and it was an answer to prayer. And I've told you privately, publicly, and I've told you in your card, I will honor you all of your life because you lifted my hands. And then that story that I'll share here in just a moment about summer, spring and summer of 2016 when what I thought was going to happen was the wrong time. And you stepped up and said, Bishop, I'd be willing. And you felt like the Lord spoke to you and I was once again surprised at your willingness. Thank you. Thank you so much for your obedience to the Lord. Some people, if you haven't walked that kind of a journey, People think that we had human strategy and plans, and we're not that smart. <laughs> we just are two kids who love God. I mean, kids being his kids. We're just two men that love God and want to obey him. We want to hear a well-done, good, and faithful servant one day. And now what lies in front of you? Oh, I, I, believe, I believe every step of that has been God-breathed. And I believe there's a church that is praying and been asking God, bring us, God, send us a pastor. Send us a first lady. And so today when we lay hands on you, you're not leaving. You're not going. You're being sent. Because the way you leave is the way you enter. And you're going to leave with blessing. You could not have preached a better message. You just could not have preached about it. I mean that. That was. And, and it's the way a person transitions through change that you learn something about them. And, and almost anybody can look pretty good during the good times, the easy times. It's navigating through change and challenge. We live in a messed up world. We all know that. We live in a, in a country that's more divided politically and racially, et cetera. And everybody's like at each other in viciousness. And so if people have found it hard to believe that you and I love each other and that all that we've tried to do is navigate through a season in obedience to God. They just said, oh, that, that can't be. And they've got to somehow believe there's something 
I believe that's the spirit of the world trying to invade the church. The church has to be different because we're purchased with the blood. We're not perfect, but we're different. When this group today, when these pastors and pastor spouses and these elders and elder spouses lays hands upon you, I'm going to be asking in a moment that the congregation extend a hand towards you. And then you're going to be going over to the Life Center and they're going to mug you both. They're going to just mug you. You're going to have to get that jacket dry cleaned. There's going to be, I won't even tell you what's going to be on it. It's, you might want to burn it. <laughs> dry cleaning may not do it. But uh, love both of you. Honored to know you. Honored to be connected. We'll be connected for life. Pastor Bill, thank you for investing in a young Danny. Uh, those that have known him for a long time, I heard Danny in the lobby today. <laughs> I heard about Danny. Because we want to give adequate time for loving on the house, I'm going to ask you all to stand, if you would. Oh, sure, yes, absolutely. All of the daughters that want to come. What, what, hey, I didn't say it. He said it. Okay, Maddie, wherever you are. Yeah, she, she's so shy. There she is. I've known her since she was little, six, 16 years ago. Church, um, we're going to be praying and blessing and sending out the house. And once we do that, we're going to let them go back into the green room, get freshened up a little bit. And as they make their way over the Life Center, in a moment I'm going to ask you to be seated again because I want to share with you about the future. But would you, as we begin this process of prayer, want your involvement, not just listening, your involvement. Hey, can we have the support staff and your spouses? I saw Rosa. Can, can, can you can y'all come the support staff? You know who you are. I want you to come as well. If you're part of the support staff and your spouse is here, look back and I see some of you and I think, oh, you need to be up here. Amen. Amen. I have some anointing oil. So proud of you. So proud of you. Genuinely proud of you. I want to call you son. I know I'm not that much older. But every time that today as I've said words from my heart to you, I just felt like on the tip of my tongue was the word son. I know he's your spiritual dad. and You know how I feel about him. But I think I've been one of those dads. And son, I'm proud of you. you. You ended well and ended strong, and that's the goal that we all have in whatever season it is. You're going with blessing, both of you. I'm so excited. We're so excited about your future. We really are. And uh, want to be a part of it, not only in relationship, but if God does what we think God is going to do, we, we want to 
We want to be there someday with you. And just to be in the house and celebrate with you. But today, church, would you join us? Elders, staff, would you come around? Father, thank you that as it was mentioned earlier, some of us lived in a day when the only nice, meaningful, and deep words that were ever spoken about a person, those words were spoken at a funeral. Thank you that you broke through that thing decades ago. We understand honor. We understand speaking life. We understand, oh God, that you want us to use words from our heart and be able to speak into others, bring value. Father, thank you. Thank you for Pastor Daniel and Patty Houck. And today, as we anoint them with oil, and we pray over them. Pastor Daniel and Patty, you have been a part of our lives, part of this house, and you continue to be. This is not a goodbye. This is not a disaster. This is the end of a chapter, but the beginning of a very new, exciting chapter. As we pray for you, we pray for this house, for every individual that we understand change is difficult, we understand that they have fallen in love. And, and this is a challenge. But we would never want to do anything but to please our Father in heaven. And so in a day and in a world where there is such division and strife and even hatred, today we celebrate the goodness of a heavenly Father of a Lord Jesus Christ who said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We celebrate what God's word says, behold how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. So Pastor Daniel, Patty, we send you. You don't go. You don't go. You're sent. You're sent. You go with the blessing of this church. You go with the blessing. My wife and I, the staff, the elders. You don't go empty-handed or empty-hearted. You go with an abundance, an overflow, that literally when you step in to the place of your assignment, you will step in and you will be elevated in the anointing of God. You will be elevated in the presence of God. You will be elevated in the authority as you speak the word of the Lord. And so as of this day, October 28, 2019, we bless you and send you even as you go over into this life center and you get the hugs and the kisses and the cards and the words 
May when you leave this parking lot this afternoon, the love of God, may it overwhelm you. And we bless you in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I love you so much. I love you so much. I love you, Pat. get it? Good, good, good. Listen, we're going to let the Hawks, you may be seated, we're going to let the Hawks slip back into the green room and, uh, and freshen up. And uh, hallelujah. And, oh, good, 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 good. Church, could I have your attention just as we close because I want you to be able to get over there to the Life Center very, very soon. But even as people are getting situated, if you could lend me your eyes. Change is difficult. My wife and I, when we do the DISC profile, we are high S's. Those of you who understand the disc profile, that means that, honey, would you come up with me? That means that we don't like change. And I've tried to teach you for decades that one of the things that we learn in life, and I've learned, is that people who do not learn how to navigate through change in life, because change is inevitable, don't do well in life. Because some change is good, Renee, you're getting married at the end of January. That's a good change. You're marrying a wonderful man. Some of you in the room are pregnant. You're going to have a child. That's a good change. And then there are the death of loved ones, like Mary, who we just mentioned, and Laura, who we mentioned. Those are, those are difficult changes. And this change, I understand, is, is challenging to your heart. But this has been so beautiful in, in the sense of what Pastor Daniel and I have done to the best of our ability as obey our Heavenly Father. If you think that there was any human strategy that we knew it was going to be this length of time, we're not God. And I've said that if you would have gone to Moses and asked Moses, when is the cloud going to move? Moses would have told you, I don't know. And you'd say, what do you mean you don't know? Didn't you meet with God up on the mountain? Didn't you come down with 10 commandments? Yes. But there are some things God doesn't show you. We didn't know. If we would have known it was that length of time, we would have used the term interim pastor. Simply didn't know. 
in the spring of 2016, I had a spiritual son that I turned 40. Because he turned 40, I, 40 is a very significant age for a man. And I took him out to lunch, and we began to talk about the significance of 40 and what the future looked like. Over the next few months, we began to sense that God was doing something. See, because my first conversation with this 40-year-old man was when he was 21 years old. I was 46. That was 20 years ago. He was just coming out of Bible school. He had come into church when he was a junior in high school. His wife had come in when she was in sixth grade. They met here in the church. They fell in love. The youth pastor that then was, Freddie Rodriguez, told him, don't even think about dating her. You're not in her class. I, I always remember that. If you had to know Pastor Freddie and his boldness. This has been a true son for 20, over 20 years, probably 25. Why did it not happen around June of 2016? Because we were that close to announcing him. That church had just gone through a major transition and had another one coming of a staff member. And God took away from my heart every degree of peace that it was the right time. I'm a kingdom man. Would it have been good for Victory Christian Center and for the Thomases? Yeah. You can't think that way. You gotta think kingdom. And I could not live with where it was going to put that church at that time. One of the hardest meetings I ever had, I had to sit down and say, we can't do this right now. God's taken away my peace. That's when Pastor Daniel, who knew all of this, said, I'm willing to be the buffer guy. Today, we believe it is God's timing. And just about 20 minutes ago, Our spiritual son and daughter, Pastor Juan Rivera, and Pedro. Uh, made, uh, Pastor Juan and Deidre Rivera have been at New Life. We sent them out 10 years ago. We sent out the heir apparent, the second string preacher, the one that preached when we were on sabbatical 15 years ago. Everyone knew he was the guy. But what do we say? We're kingdom minded. New life was reaching his way. And how in the world do you send your, the cream of the crop? Because it's Jesus' church, not ours. I remember that morning because we were ready to send the Riveras and the Lord spoke to me. We're over in the Life Center. He said, don't only send them, send people. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes, sir. And $10,000. $10,000. Yeah, it's almost one of those, Lord, have you seen our checking account? You know? I remember gathering with Paul Smith and the elders I could find and and I said, 
I feel like God's spoken to my heart that we're supposed to send $10,000. And I said, we, we must obey. So 10 years ago, we sent Pastor Juan and Deidre, probably 25 to 40 people, and a $10,000 check. I can tell you that Pastor Juan yesterday met with the key leadership, and we talked last night with he and Deidre, and the key leadership had such a beautiful heart of embracing their destiny to come back home. They're a son and daughter of the house. And so they're going to finish out at New Life November 19th, and I've encouraged them to take a few weeks and catch their breath. They'll start here in January, but this next season is going to be different because my wife and I, I'm up here falling apart, and she's just... Uh, well, <clears throat> this is home to us. And we realize the future's got to look different. And we want to learn through what we just stepped through because we lost our home church, we felt. We love you so much that I can't be the campus pastor and do the day in, day out, all of that. I can't. I can't do that and everything else. But we can't leave you. This has to be home. This has to be our base. This has to be where we belong. And uh, so, getting them and us. <laughs> Get a package deal. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, I think if, if you enjoy the show, American Pickers at all. I, I, it's called a bundle, okay? We're not going to be the campus pastors. We're mom and dad. But this is an apostolic house. This is not a normal church. It's just not. There would not be seven other campuses without this church. You know that. We ha There's a call on this house to go to the next level. Not to get comfortable. Not to begin to think it's just about, you know, it's about the kingdom. And so I'm going to ask you to stand. And, oh, did we put the pictures up? I got lost at the moment. Did we? Okay, good. I got lost in the moment. Did you want to say anything, babe? There's a microphone back there. That's okay. Listen, you're going to hear more from both of us these next couple of months. Um, next week. Please be here next week. I want to have communion together. I know you just had communion three weeks ago, but I just feel the need in my heart that we just uh, kick the devil in the teeth and, and and come come to the table of the Lord. What do I mean by kicking the devil in the teeth? He's a liar and he's the father of the lie. He is out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Not here, that's right. Whoever said that, not here. That's the truth. We cannot allow the spirit of the world to get in to the church. The spirit of the world is division, 
hatred, speaking such horrible, vicious, ugly things. That's not the church. We're salt and light. We're the example. And if you said to me, Bishop, you could have done this better. Amen. Amen. But if you say, Bishop, you didn't have integrity. You didn't love us. I can't amen that. Listen, hindsight is always 2020. All I can tell you is, as your bishop, as your pastor, as your brother in Christ, I've tried my best to obey the Lord. Why would we ever hurt the people we love? Would make no sense. We've invested our lives here. And so, next week, we're so looking forward to just coming to the table of the Lord together. And in the weeks ahead, she's preaching on the 12th of November. And uh, that's going to be incredible. Sandy Calkin is asked to speak uh, on, I think, 26th of next month. And so Sandy is, uh, Sandy is so well known here. And we're going to see God do some miracles. And I don't often ask you to do this. And if, you, if you're more comfortable grabbing an elbow or a shoulder than a hand, do that. There's a lot of germs going around. And now, if it's family, now, thank you, John and Lisa. Now, if John and Lisa would, would not have grabbed hands, it would have been concerned. Okay, Pete and Carla and every other. Can we just uh, look you in the eyes? Keep your eyes open, if you will. Father, around the world, my wife and I have said of this house that they are the best people on the planet. And Lord, today as we end this service with a blessing, we thank you for people, the people of God in this house, the people who have been willing to say yes to you over and over and over, the people who have sacrificed more than any other campus. And now, Lord, would you heal every heart? Lord, everyone that is hurting and discouraged and feels wounded even by this season. Lord, Lord, I pray that you'll pour in your oil and your wine into every heart. And I pray, make us one. Make us one, Lord. Knit us together in love. Lord, would you even take anything and everything the enemy has intended for evil and turn it around for good. Lord, would you bless your people. Lord, even as we go over and we love on your servants, the house, may, Lord, this be a time of health and healing and wholeness. And, Lord God, may we go to another level in your grace. We bless you, people of God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Can we give the Lord praise? We love you. We love you. We'll see you over there. God bless you. God bless you.